0: Yes, Lord, we continually cry out to you and ask that Spirit of God, you work in and through us as we turn our attention to your word. We pray for that now in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. I hope you're having a good morning. This isn't just an ordinary day, although it might feel like an ordinary day. What is it, October 2nd? Yep or no? Okay, all right. Now, whether you're uh, watching online or in person or watching this later or whatever, today is October 2nd. It's just an ordinary day. But in another sense, it certainly isn't. And I think it's a perfect day, an ordinary day, that is, uh, to talk about what we're going to talk about today. I'll tell you in a minute. This is is not going to be of any surprise to you. But uh, I tend to like people who are passionate about what they believe in. Is that a shock to you? People who have a little enthusiasm. I mean, I don't want anyone to go overboard, seriously. But um, I, I like people with a little passion in their life, a little enthusiasm. Ever been in a situation where, like, someone's trying to sell you something, you're at a store, like this happened to me in an auto dealership, where, where I started to think to myself that the person who was trying to sell me what they were trying to sell me didn't believe in what they were trying to sell me, you know, like, like... It was about halfway through when I thought to myself, do they really care that I buy this product? And what is their motive behind me buying this product? At one point, in in this one particular um, situation I was in at an auto dealership, I asked the person, do you drive what you're trying to sell me? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I only asked the question because I didn't believe he really believed in what he was selling. And that's kind of uh, important when you're selling something. Now, I'm not selling something today. I'm really not. But I'll tell you what, if you believe in something with your whole heart, church, it's probably going to show one way or the other in your life, is it not? And it's probably going to manifest itself in some sort of enthusiasm. Even for those of you who aren't very enthusiastic, okay? Because when God for example, inhabits your heart and you believe in Him who is in you, it's going to show in the way you live your life. I want to take you to 2 Timothy. That's right, 2 Timothy chapter 1 today. We're going to start our series in First and 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy, because I'm like that. Okay? Because I would do something like that. No, actually, we're going to start in 2 Timothy... Because in Paul's letter to Timothy, the second one, he, he speaks more generally in in terms of things that apply very foundationally to our life. And in First Timothy he gets very specific. So I think it'd be a good idea to start in Second Timothy as we start out in the series, and then we're gonna go through it. Verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and home groups, if you're studying in home groups, it'll be simple because every session will be labeled 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It'll be very simple, okay? Alright? Alright? So this is lesson two, because last week I introduced our theme verse, for 1 Timothy 1, five. just in case you're confused, and today now we're starting in chapter one of chapter two. <laughs> This is a great place to start. You're all confused. Anyway, 2 Timothy 1, starting at verse 1, he begins with this introduction because it's a letter. It's a formal letter. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. Are you following along with me? I have a lot of verses to go. Yep, all right, good. We're talking about passion today, so you should be passionate. Uh, To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace, from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. Paul is saying, Timothy, I, I'm just let me encourage you a little bit. I'm reminded of your genuine faith. You you have that, Timothy. Don't forget you have. That and, and, and here's what he has seen in him. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, for this reason, here's kind of the, the focus of the whole first 18 verses of the, uh, of the book. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me a prisoner, but share in sufferings for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and, what does it say there? Grace, that's the point of everything. If if you take anything home today, take this home right here. I'm going to say it again. Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace. Purpose and grace. Purpose and grace. I want you to hear that over and over again. Purpose and grace. Which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought to life an immortality to light through the Gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. Which is why I suffer as I do. But I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that He is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. I, l- I like that picture. It's a deposit given to us. When you deposit something in a bank, right? Right. It's there for safekeeping. It's there because it's being put in a vault, or at least digitally nowadays. It's a deposit. It is... Been given to us and entrusted to us. I want to turn your attention back to verses six and seven as we get started. Verses six and seven. Do Do you see that 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 phrase that I think has been popularized in Christian circles? Fan into flame the the gift. Another way of saying that is rekindle the fire. Maybe you've heard that phrase before. Yes or no? Rekindle the fire. Yeah. So I said it 's a pretty good topic to talk about on some ordinary day, because we need to hear this from time to time. And clearly, Timothy did himself. You ever stoked a fire that, that had dwindled to coals and ashes? I, I love this time of year because it 's in the fall that it 's not too hot and it 's not too cold. And, and going camping, and on more than one occasion, we've had a fire the night before, only to wake up to ashes, don't worry, it's in a safe spot, but only wake up ashes and, and, and coals that seemingly are completely out, but there's a little bit of warmth there. You know what I'm talking about? And and there's just a little bit of warmth there, and, and what, what you can do in most cases, at least if you're as skilled as me, <laughs> um, is, is, is that... <laughs> my wife would be laughing right now... Um, what my wife would do, no, <laughs> um, but, but you can just get some dry kindling, and it needs a little oxygen, and you can fan back into flame of raging bonfire, if you will. That's the picture we're given here, except it's a spiritual picture of something that's going on in our heart. It's a physical picture of a spiritual thing that is happening in our heart. Another way of saying it is what once was a vibrant, joyful faith filled with boldness, unashamed for Jesus, can be relit or fan into flame. What was once something that was a passion that stopped you from nothing. Nothing could stop it in your life. That can be that can be fanned into flame. What was once for a church, a, a, a vibrant, joyful community, but now is fearful and careful and, 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 and not really knowing what to do next, visionless we might call it, can be, can be fanned into flame. I love that picture. What is this gift? Fan into flame the gift. Fan into flame the gift. What is this gift that we're talking about? The only way to rekindle the fire is to receive all the more, here it is, the grace of God in our hearts. Now, that isn't to say that this doesn't speak to our spiritual gifting. Because if you fan into flame the gift of God, that is His grace, then all the more you will want to live out what He has gifted you spiritually. So it could be here one and the same. And, and one scholar says something very different than the other here. So if your version says spiritual gift here, it's not necessarily a bad version and it certainly applies. But if you look at the context of the first 18 verses of 2 Timothy chapter 1, you see that he's most certainly talking about the grace that was gifted to us, fan into flame the gift. That, that's his, his grace. Now what does that look like? What does it look like? Well, look with me at verse 7 again. God has not given you a spirit of what? Fear. Some, some versions say fear, others say timidity, maybe. Okay? God has not given you a spirit of, of, of fear. Things were getting risky for Timothy. Timothy. He must have been asking himself what's going to happen to me if I take a stand for the gospel in fact it would it would make sense that this would be a time in which he he would just wish to have blended into you know the background, not stood out Paul's sitting in prison he's sitting in prison for a reason preaching the gospel, for going against both what the religious leaders of his day and the political leaders of his day stood for. What Paul was writing in Timothy was very countercultural, as it is in one sense or another today, all the more in his, in his day. Fear of backlash, fear of the loss of status, insecurities relating to what people think. Started to hit home a little bit more. Insecurities, what, 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 what will people think of me? Fallout, rejection, fear of unknown outcomes, even if they never happen. These are, these are fears we all face on one level or another as it relates to our faith in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, it can, it can suck the passion right out of you. I was talking with someone the other day, and they said, when I first became a Christian, I've, I've heard this a hundred times over, when I first became a Christian, I was I, I feared nothing. I, I shared Jesus with anyone. And what he was saying was, you know, not all of my boldness was good. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't annoy people into the kingdom. <laughs> or you shouldn't. But he said, but, but I've lost a little of that. I, I don't know a, a single person who hasn't experienced this in one way or another. That what we had as a child or what we had as a teenager or what we had in those college days or whatever or what we had ten years ago, we wish we could have a little of that passion back. A little of that enthusiasm, right? Sure, the Christian life can be a roller coaster, but then there is that thing where we think that we're living the same way we once were and we know in our hearts we're not. What happened to that passion? If that's you today, or if it's me today, I want you to ask honestly: What happened to my passion? Where, where did it, where did it go? For God has not given you a spirit of of fear. Where did it go? Well, when 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 fear sets in. we we begin to focus on, on the bad. We begin to, rather than listen to the voice of the Spirit, be guided by the Word, listen to the voice of dissension and division. This was certainly happening in Timothy's life. He was facing really difficult things. There was a reason for his fear. His very life was on the line just as the Apostle Paul's was. And then Paul says to him, well, fan into flame the gift, fire it up all the more, get bolder, so to speak, for fear is not of the Holy Spirit. God is all-powerful, he is all-knowing. God does not and cannot fear anything, for he is above all things. Which is why in verse 7 it says the Spirit at work in us. Christian, the Spirit at work in us is of, there's three things that we see here in verse 7. Power. What's the second one? Love. And that, what's the third? Some, some say sound mind, some say self-control. I think both apply very well. These are the characteristics of God's gift given to us by the Holy Spirit. Power, let's start with that. If you've lost your enthusiasm, and I'm fully aware that enthusiasm can just be a feeling, an emotion, but you know what? A lot of the Christian life is emotion. A lot of relationship is emotional. So we don't just disregard emotion. For God has given us that emotion. if you've lost your enthusiasm or your passion for God, it's likely, it's likely that, believer, you've lost your focus of the grace that God has given you. You've lost sight of the grace. What on earth does that mean? You've lost sight of the grace. Here's what grace does in and for us. When we're focused on the grace of Jesus and not on our problems or ourselves, for example. Rather than fear leading us, we operate under the power of Christ within us. And and let me just define that power. That power is simply the person of Christ and the resurrection victory He has given us. Just to be really specific. Christ within us, He, the person of Christ, and the victory that He has won on the cross, allowing us to receive this free gift of grace by faith. Ephesians 1:19 and 20, and what is this immeasurable greatness of a power towards us who believe, according to the working of His great might, that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. The resurrection, that's our only power we have. I'll tell you the easiest way, just to clarify, to lose your passion. Take your focus off the person of Christ and His finished work. Amen? Making your faith, for example, into religious duty or Some educational thing, or or Christianity that is centered on self-help, or personal gain, or Christianity that is centered on traditions, or nationalism, or activities, or clubs at church, that sort of thing. Now, none of those things are necessarily bad in any way, but if you want to lose your passion, take your eyes off Jesus, for He is the only power that we have to live the Christian life. God has given us a spirit of power. What is that power? It's the resurrected Christ within us. It's that victory that we don't have to follow that same path that all the world is following. We don't have to follow that same path that brings us into ruts and brings us down and destroys our relationship with God. We don't have to do that. We have been given the victory. God has given us a spirit of power and of, what's this next thing? Yeah, Say it louder. Love. The three are very interconnected here. Love here is the outcome or the end result of that power. Here is what the gift of grace does in us. The power produces... Agape. It's the litmus test. It's how we know it's really the Spirit of God in us. Love that is committed to glorifying God, not ourselves. Love that is looking to do the best for others, not ourselves. Doing hard things in love, not always the easiest thing, because we love unconditionally. See, focusing on the grace of Jesus is a reminder of who we truly are. That we are children of the living God for those who are in Christ Jesus. That we have nothing to fear for our Father holds all things together. That we are accepted and not condemned. And this love of the Father in us is something He holds in His hands. That the love of God for us means that there is now no condemnation What a victory. Victory over condemnation. Paul reminds Timothy later in the text, I already read it, but let me remind you again, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel, verse 9. I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that He is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. What has been received to me. Here's the thing, church, when we when we really love, when when agape love is within us, when we love deeply, it will drive us to do things we might not ordinarily do. Which by the way manifests itself in, in something that looks very passionate, does it not? When we truly and deeply love, it leads us to do things we can't imagine having ever done before loving Jesus. It's the same way with most things in life that we love. I mean, I don't love spending money, but I want to spoil my baby. <laughs> oh, and believe me, I do. <laughs> I mean, the things I've done for my wife, I I do it because I love her, right? Love makes me do things I wouldn't normally do. The same is true in our relationship with God. When we love deeply, we stretch. Church, we risk. We go beyond what once we thought capable of. We're passionate about it. And sometimes that might even rub people the wrong way. But, of course, we're not talking about a boldness that is brashness towards the outside world. What's being connected here, and we see it in this third one, is unconditional love with the power. Let let me explain that a little bit further. This is where the third piece of this comes in and how the three are all tied together. Self-discipline or sound mind. It just means judgment to know discernment to know how to unite power with love. Do, do you see where I'm going with that? It's okay. I'll, I'll try to explain. <laughs> Judgment to know how to unite the first two, power and love. We have been given the ability, church, to do what God has asked. Okay. Don't give in to the lie of the enemy that, that, that is usually something that causes fear in our lives. Don't give in to the, in, to the lie of the enemy that you can't. That you can't live whatever God has called you to do, whatever He is calling you into, whatever obedience it is—little obediences, big, giant obediences—the the the lie that says, "Well, you can't do it, and there, there's no way to get to the outcome because you don't have the you don't have the strength, you don't have the wherewithal, you don't have the gifts—that sort of thing." Don't don't give in to that lie. We've been given the ability to do what God has asked, but it must be met with unconditional love. Here Paul sits in prison for his faith, awaiting a trial that will end his life. And he's telling Timothy, don't be timid, that will not help your situation, just as it has not helped mine. Don't be ashamed, for you're not disgraced, for God holds That grace in his hand. You are not disgraced. Although sometimes you feel disgraced. And believe me, people thought Paul was disgraced in that he was a criminal sitting in prison, but he was not. What Paul is really saying is I sit in prison and I at moments feel disgraced, but I am not disgraced. Even though the enemy is trying to manipulate me into thinking... That what happened and what I was a part of was was not right or it was a fluke or it didn't work out or because I sit in prison, it's not working out. No, God knows what He is doing. In fact, He purposed for Paul to be in that prison so we even today could read this letter to Timothy. And He purposes for us to go through the things that we go through so that He can be glorified. So that the power at work in us will point to Him. Uh, reminds me of Titus 2.11 and 14. It says, For the grace of God has appeared. What is the grace? The grace is Jesus. For the grace of God has appeared. What do we fix our eyes on when I'm talking about grace here? Jesus. How do we fan to flame the gift? Jesus. Our kids in Sunday school have a right. <laughs> when you walk into a room, this happened numerous times. You walk into a room and you say, you ask them a question, and someone just raises their hand and goes, Jesus. <laughs> and they didn't even listen to the question. And then you go on to the second question, and you're two words in. So, what happened when the Israelites, Jesus? Yes, that's true, (laughs) but there's maybe a more specific answer. Jesus, that is the answer. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. A people, a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. When, when our focus is Jesus, hmm, funny, the, the passion comes from within. The enthusiasm comes from within. The zealousness comes from within. That we would be fired up and excited for what God has intended for our lives since before we were born. That the passion comes from the grace that Jesus has given us if you've been going through the motions, if, uh, if, if the days have been going on and, and, and they just seem like you're in the middle and you have no end in sight, if you've lost your passion, so to speak, if you've never even known the passion that I speak of, fan into flame the grace of our Lord Jesus. Look to Him who won the victory at the cross. Allow His love to transform your heart. What an important message for us to hear, church. Especially in light of us turning our attention to receiving His body and His blood. Receiving Him. As we close things out today, I, I want you to keep one thing in mind, and it is this. That His grace is sufficient for you. Isn't, isn't that good news? That, that's good news, isn't it? That it doesn't matter what you're going through. Today is good. Today is bad. Today might be bad. Today might be great. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is good enough for you. His grace is bigger than anything you're facing. His grace is greater than anything you could do. Any effort you could commit yourself to, His grace is greater. There is no sin that He cannot bring into light and recover and transform your life from. That there is no no place you could go too far from his love. Isn't that great? What an awesome, awesome promise that he is greater, that his grace covers all things, all sins, all difficulty in our life. And that we are assured of. It's awesome. It's freeing, it's uplifting to know that His power has conquered the greatest enemy, sin and death. Would you stand with me as I close in prayer and as we transition into our communion service and we worship and honor Him who is able preparing our hearts to receive Him. Heavenly Father, as we receive You, may we be open and willing to confess that we need You for everything. And we're thankful, God, that You are able, even when we're not, which is always, (laughs) that as we do not have the power and the ability to overcome you do what a comfort that is what a freedom that is that you freely give us grace so Lord Jesus as we accept that into our lives Lord and as we commit to that as a church Lord we pray that you would fire up our faith and bring back a passion once there, a new passion into our lives, Lord, fan into flame, Lord, our passion for you, Jesus. We pray this in your name.